our declaration to our generation. I believe that we have something to declare to our generation. I don't think that that declaration is telling everybody where we go to church. Not that going to church isn't important. It's not that it's not important to find a place that you attend. That, that's important. But our declaration is not about, I go to X, Y, or Z church. We have a declaration for our generation. And I don't think it's about social issues. Again, not that social issues aren't important. I think, I think social issues are important. I think all of us should be informed about what people are talking about. I think that we should be part of the conversation. But I don't believe that social issues are our declaration. I think that we have the same declaration for our generation that we read about from the very first generation of those that started following Jesus. Our declaration to our generation is Jesus is the Messiah. That's it. Pure and simple. And we're exploring that as we travel through Acts. We're going to hit that again and again and again. And one of my worst fears is that we would get bored with that. That we'd almost think, oh, it's just going to be the same reminder next week. But I think there might be an intent, like there may be an intent that the Holy Spirit has because it's probably easy for us to forget that we have a declaration for our generation. That declaration is, do you even remember what I just said just like two minutes ago? Jesus is the Messiah, and that makes all the difference in everybody's life on the planet. And so we're going to hit it again and again and again. We were traveling with Paul and Silas and Timothy. They've been called over to Macedonia. They've gone from one continent to the next continent. Come on over to Macedonia, a man in a, a vision says, and help us. And so they do. They cross over from Turkey over into uh, Europe, and they travel to a place called Philippi. We've been in Philippi, then they go to another place, Thessalonica. That's where we were last week, and this week we're going to travel to Berea. So that's where we are in traveling, listening to Paul deliver the declaration to his generation. Acts 17, verse 10 through 15. That night, under cover of darkness, their friends got Paul and Silas out of town as fast as they could. That's out of Thessalonica. They sent them to Berea, where they again met with the Jewish community. They were treated a lot better than in Thessalonica. The Jews received Paul's message with enthusiasm and met with him daily, examining the scriptures to see if they supported what he said. And a lot of them became believers, including many Greeks who were prominent in the community, women and men of influence. But it wasn't long before reports got back to the Thessalonian hardline Jews that Paul was at it again, preaching the word of God, this time in Berea. They lost no time responding, created a mob scene there too. And with the help of his friends, Paul gave them the slip, caught a boat, put out to sea. Silas and Timothy stayed behind. The men who helped Paul escape got him as far as Athens and left him there. And Paul sent word back with them to Silas and Timothy, come as quickly as you can. The thing that is the same, the constant, is that Paul had a message. Now, Paul's message may seem like Greek to us. And I wanted, to, I wanted us to stop. I mean, a few of us might be able to read a few words up there. 
But Paul's message was originally delivered in Greek. And for some reason, from what Paul's message is recorded in the New Testament, it's morphed into something else that is not quite what Paul had in mind. So I thought it might stop us. And for, before we just kind of like decide what Paul's message is, maybe we could go back to the Greek and we could discover it. So would you like a little translation? Okay. First of all, this is so cool. And it's so consistent with what Don Miller was saying and what Noel wants to do in our community. Paul conducted discussion groups about the scriptures. That's what the Greek word means. Paul didn't just stand up in the synagogue and read the, the, the scrolls and then tell everybody what he thought. He invited discussion about the Old Testament scriptures. That's a, that's a little bit different image of Paul, isn't it? Hey, my Jewish family, he's in a synagogue in Berea. We've been reading these scriptures all of our lives as Jews. So I want to revisit these scriptures and I want us to have a, a, a conversation. I'd like us to have a discussion. Those of you that know Greek, check me out. And in that discussion, what Paul is saying, I'm, I'm going to explain and I'm going to point out in scriptures that we've read all of our life, two things. Number one, it was absolutely, positively, by all means, the Messiah that we've been anticipating. He had to die. And then he would have explained why. I think my, maybe, and then you kind of broaden out because it doesn't tell us here. Why did the Messiah have to die? Well, one, he had to die because there had to be a penalty for the sin of humanity. And he paid that penalty. The blood of goats and bulls did not do it. So there was something new that God did. But it also was something else. When you have the Messiah dying, it shows humanity's ultimate rebellion against God. I mean, how do, you, how, do you, how do you have God show up in your life, do all the things that God did through Jesus on this planet, saying all the things that, and still reject Him? How do you do that? Unless you're just really a rebel and you really want to stay in charge of your own life. Then the other thing that Paul did, he explained and pointed out through these discussion groups on the scriptures, the Messiah was definitely raised from the dead. Do you remember when Jesus is traveling to Bethany? Lazarus has died, and he has the conversation with Martha about resurrection. And she says, oh, 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 I, I, I know Lazarus will be raised, but it will be raised in the last days. So within most of Judaism, there was a belief in resurrection, but it was not a resurrection now, it was a resurrection later. We still believe there's going to be a resurrection later, but Jesus didn't wait till later, he was raised in the now. So in this age, something of the future came into the present and Jesus was raised. And Paul is saying, that's what, that's what the Old Testament is teaching us. So he's explaining that, he's pointing that out. And then he, then he really delivers the declaration to his, to his generation. He has a discussion. Just picture that, a group sitting around looking, reading Hebrew text, talking about it, explaining, pointing things out that people had not seen before. 
and he ends with this. This is my declaration. This is why I'm doing what I am doing. Jesus is the Messiah. This one, this one, Jesus that I'm telling you about, he is the Messiah. And that's what his declaration was. Now the result of that was that in the synagogue of Berea, they were more open-minded than the synagogue in Thessalonica. So they were willing to have the discussion. They were willing and there was this readiness to examine the scripture. You you think we're missing some things? Well, okay, let's go there. Let's read that. Let's talk about it. And then, then the ultimate result is a lot of people became believers, both Jews and then the God-fearing Greeks. The synagogues allowed God-fearers to come, be part of synagogue life. If they wanted to go through conversion into Judaism, they could. So they're there as well. So people are believing Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus died on the cross as the penalty for my sins. Jesus is alive. There's a new quality of life that I can enjoy. Jesus is the Messiah. Some of those Greeks were prominent. They were influential. So you can imagine there were some like some differences, things going out in the community. You know, people's lives are being changed. And then as in Thessalonica, some hardline Jews who just simply refused. We do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. We do not believe that Jesus is alive. And we do not believe that Jesus died on the cross for anything other than being a scoundrel. And so they created a mob scene in Berea, just like in Th- You want to sit in Bible study? You don't want to live the adventure? They're turning the world upside down. I mean, I'm, I'm being as literal as... I mean, very wooden in translation. This message delivered by Paul and Silas is disturbing the world. Again, this mob comes. Wouldn't you love to catch a boat out to sea because somebody was chasing you? I mean, isn't that like the Pirates of the Caribbean? I mean, aren't those the movies we go to, really? Aren't those the adventure stories that we all... Isn't there something within us? That we want to live something like, right? You know, on, on to the next town alone for the next challenge. You know, when we sent, we, we sent Matt and we had no, I mean, we understand that there is conflict in Israel and Palestine. We had no idea a war in Gaza would break out. You know, it's not, it's, not, it's not like we were really excited about the missile that lands in Betzahor, a few blocks away from the coffee shop, and they get to hear the explosion of a missile traveling through a building. We love them being at the tent of the nations on this Palestinian hilltop, but you can see Gaza, it's only 25 miles away, so you can see the smoke, you can hear the sound, you can... We didn't... I mean, that's not... But... They had an experience of what it feels like to be out on the water. To be in a place with a message and not feel safe. 
So as a community of people following Jesus, which do we want? Do we just want to kind of organize into Bible study groups that are really comfy and we're learning some really cool stuff and we're staying removed from the world? Or do we want to live in an adventure or is there another option? How about this? How about both? How about both? Why can't we do both? You know, if, if I ended up my whole ministry life teaching the Bible and people did nothing with that, nobody went anywhere to deliver any message, I would be an absolute failure. If none of us does anything with what we share on a Sunday morning and going out there wherever God sends us to deliver the message, then I'm a failure. Because it's both. We want, I mean, I, I love the idea of examining the scripture together in conversation. This may not feel like a conversation, but I want this to be a conversation. I know we can't be talking all at the same time. But in our conversation that is examining the scripture, that then should propel us out with this great message that makes a huge difference in this world. I want lots of Bible study with lots of group discussion. I get tired of listening to myself. I mean, I, I know how to teach a Bible study. I know how to preach a sermon. But the, I'm, not, it's not, I'm, not, I'm not saying, give me more opportunity to talk to you. You're going to get tired of listening to me, right? Yes, you are. I know it, because I get tired of listening to myself. So we need to listen to each other. And as we examine the scripture, it's going to bring us, the Bible is going to bring us back to one thing. We have a declaration to our generation. Jesus is the Messiah. And we want, to, we want to deliver that good news, the good news of our king, the good news of his kingdom to our family and our friends. Just picture, who in your family, who among your friends has never ever received the declaration of Jesus is the Messiah? Who in your family and your friends has... Let's sit, let's sit down, let's have a conversation... I'm not, I'm not interested in sitting you down. Hey, Otto, I'm here to tell you. Well, I'm not, I'm, well, let's have a conversation. I know people that are not interested in what we're doing because they had questions and people told them they couldn't ask those questions. We don't ask questions here. What? Oh, so we don't have a conversation here. There's just somebody that tells us what to believe. Is that what you're saying? Who in our family, who among our friends has never ever been invited into a genuine conversation where they could disagree without losing the relationship? And patience after patience after patience. I had a friend one time who started coming to a men's Bible study. He came up and said, you know, I'm a, I'm a wreck. I'm a, I, 
I like coming on Wednesday morning, but I need more time. So you got some other time. I said, I've got Friday morning. He said, great, I'm going to come Friday morning. I'm going to ask more questions from Wednesday morning. So we'd show up, coffee, donut, great. And we'd start a conversation. He'd ask questions. I'd answer questions. And we always came to one thing. Jesus is the Messiah. (laughs) And our life can take a different course when we believe. We believe. Jesus is the Messiah. We believe. He's the king. We believe that his kingdom is arriving. We believe. We'd get to that point, and my friend would say, I know, I know, I know, but I'm not ready. I said, okay. See you next week. It was week after week after week. I'm not ready. And it wasn't just the good donuts and the coffee that he kept bringing me. It's not up to me when people say I believe. It's up to me to continue to have a conversation with anybody that wants to have a conversation for as long as they want to have that conversation. And I had to actually leave town before he actually made that commitment to Jesus. So I didn't even get to be there when he made that first. I was part of it. We're going back to school. Our kids are going back to school. Are our kids going back to school with this idea that Jesus is the Messiah, that's part of who I am, that's part of who my family is, and that's part of my declaration in the classroom. Jesus is the Messiah. I can't turn off my belief in the classroom. Most of us go to a place where we work. Are we making a declaration to the people where we work that Jesus is the Messiah? What about our neighborhoods? What about our cities? I mean, it, again, it, there's this adventure for you and me to live that flows out of studying the Bible together. So this is what I'd like to suggest. Before next week, somehow we need to stir up a mob in New Braunfels so that they're... Wouldn't it be great if somehow the Holy Spirit could begin delivering the message of Jesus through us to our generation so that people got agitated by that, resulting in people coming to faith in Jesus? Would you like to stand with me? Jesus, I want to thank you this morning that what we're reading on the pages of Scripture is part of our history, but it's not just the past. It's about today. And I thank you that you are inviting us as ordinary people following Jesus to be like those Jews in Berea, to be people that are open-minded, to be people that have a readiness to examine the Scriptures to be people that value studying the Bible, to be people that gather together and have good conversation about what the Bible is saying and what we're supposed to believe and how that's meant to impact us. I thank you 
But at the same time, I thank you that you're inviting us to live the same sort of adventure that Paul and Silas lived and we're reading about today. Lord, I thank you very much for Matthew and for Katie because they're, they're an illustration, they're, they're a very relevant today illustration of two young people who set out to two troubled places in this world to declare to the generation Jesus is the Messiah and they've had quite a life-changing adventure. So Lord, as a community of people, we just stand before you and we say, Lord, we want both really great conversational Bible study groups and we want to be sent out on assignment, on mission, to deliver to our generation the message that you want us to deliver. Jesus is the Messiah. Send us to our family. Send us to our friends. Send us to our neighborhood. Send us to the classroom. Send us to the job site. Send us to the office. Everywhere we go, Lord, send us with your message to our generation. Holy Spirit, empower us with courage. Empower us with wisdom. Holy Spirit, just like you gave to Paul a vision, a dream, a man in Macedonia saying, come over to help us. Give us dreams. Give us vision. Let us see faces. Let us hear the beckoning of others. Come over. Come over and help us. Help us by telling us about Jesus. So Lord, thank you for our time together. We bless you.